Hey, it's Dan Hare, and welcome to Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. This is part two of my chat with the one and only Susan Jacks. And if you missed part one, you can check it out at linernotes.ca. Now let's pick up the conversation. We were just referring to uh, what happened when the Poppy family uh, split up, and of course your marriage split up, and then you went on to have quite a successful solo career. So things obviously switched around for you at some point, and you were able to to sort of reinvent yourself and come out and, and have lots of other uh, good opportunities as well. Well, I, I think what the 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 thing that really happened that was marvelous for me it was it was uh, recording Claire Lawrence produced. Um, uh, an album for me um, called Dream. Yeah. And I felt it was my first chance since, um, well, you were mentioning early that, earlier that I, I sang a whole bunch of different kinds yeah. of music when I was on Music Hop and, and even in the bands. And, and Craig, we'd talk quite often and, and he said, you know, you kind of sang everything. You sang blues, and yeah. and you know, Bim told me that he felt that I was just quite quite an amazing blues singer. You know, I, or I had that blues thing in me. Well, back in the in the early days, of course, Vancouver was based on blues. Yeah. You know, so so any young singer in those days, you were going to be affected by it. But when I when I got to work with Claire, um. I was set free from that. Uh, uh, Terry had had conditioned me. I was this poor, um, lost, unhappy, and, and all the songs that I sang were like that. You know, everything was poor me, and everything was this. Uh, you know, my life was like that. I, you know, I started to believe that that's why he kept me like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because everything that I sang that he wrote, I, not all the songs were his, but, you know, everything I sang was so. And then all of a sudden, I get working with Claire. And Claire is this explosion of musician yeah. and creativity and magical stuff <laughs> yeah no, and and i felt that that album is my favorite album you know what year would that have been recorded just for our listeners that was a couple of i left terry in 73 yeah and i think that was recorded probably in 74 something like but it was within like a couple of years yeah, later you were active right away right you never you didn't put your career on hold or anything you were able to reinvent yourself and then well, I went out and I did uh, um, I did solo gigs. Yeah. But you know what? I did not learn how to. I related to the audience through sadness. Yeah. And because that's mostly what what I sang. Yeah. And and uh, so I related to the ad- audience through sadness and whatever, and I poured my heart out, all that kind of stuff. But that's what I knew. I didn't know how to relate to an audience person to person Mm. until, um, so if I could go back, I would now what I do, I have a ball on stage. Obviously I I haven't been able to do anything for a little bit, but, um, but I laugh with them. I, you know, I can relate to them. I, I, I I can't explain it. It's just that, like they're they've become friends almost 
Uh, well, no, literally, yeah. you know, your audience become your friends. And um, yeah. so it's a whole different thing then. But, um, but yeah, I did carry on, but I didn't have that same, I went out and I, I put the same heart into it because I was still going through turmoil in my life. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't learned that actual connection that you need to learn until, you know, a few well, years guess, later. That's the old question. Is, is age your friend or your enemy? And in, in most cases, age is your friend, right? Because it teaches you. It is. Yeah. An experience is your yeah. friend. And, yeah. you know. So you did get a deal with Columbia Records, right? You, you started doing some albums and Elusive Butterfly you did forever. I did. Um, <laughs> um, now, Unfortunately, and I say that only because I did the, um, what was the first album with? Was it the Forever album? No, it wasn't Forever. Elusive Butterfly was 1980, right? The album Ghosts? Ghosts, that's which album yeah. it was. Well, it all came about because uh, Terry had written this song called All the Tea in China. Yeah. He had had a girl sing it and didn't like what she did. And so he asked if I would sing the demo. Okay. And and uh, so you know, I mean, hey, I never turned down a chance to sing. So and for me, it was a challenge to get in. It was not uh, even recorded in my key. So when it when it had to, it does a, a giant kind of modulation thing. No. We had to slow down the tape to do that. Because no. <laughs> I, I I couldn't reach that. And, um, but anyway, but that's okay. So we did it. And, um, but, you know, and I enjoyed the song. I, I liked singing. It was fine. He took it um, to Columbia and wanted, you know, and said, this, this was all kind of done without me really being a, a huge part of it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he does this thing this deal with Columbia to release it. Now I, then I, you know, found out that they were releasing the song and which was fine. But the deal was that he had to produce my album. Mm -hmm. And I was, I didn't want to do it. (laughs) I thought I was done because working with Terry was so miserable, Yeah, but I had no choice. Well, I wondered about that because I, I saw the album credits and it said Terry produced the album in 1980. And I thought, yes. well, that, everything was over by then. And you had your solo career and things were, you had moved on, right? Yes. Well, I thought I had too. And I thought, and after working with, with uh, Claire, I thought, I thought if I did another album, I'd, I'd like to do it with Claire. Yeah. But Terry worked it out so that, uh, you know, because that was his... Uh, he owned the tracks, yeah. and uh, we actually made a deal where I bought half the tracks. Okay, you know, but but he still went ahead and uh, you know and and made this deal, and I did not want to do it. Now, being the professional that I am, I went into it, and you have to put all that aside when you're in there. But there were a couple of times where Terry was just so horrible that I just was in tears Hmm. and I just did not want to be there. I did not want to be doing that, but I had to get myself together 
because I had made a commitment to do this. And so I finished the album and, um, you know, but it, it, it was, it was just awful. And it, yeah. It's too bad. You know, it's too bad that it was a sad experience in that respect because the songs, your voice sounds great. It's that beautiful, rich female voice. So good. Your pitch and control is excellent. And well, I put it aside. I put all that miserable stuff. I had to, well, I did it when I was with the Poppy family, you know, with the, the subsequent album and, and things that we, you know, the, uh, Poppy Seeds album and stuff. I had to put all that somewhere else. Yeah. Because I would be a wreck if if I let it be a part of what I was – if I let it into my music, yeah. I would be dead in the water. Yeah. You know, and I, and I couldn't do that. And I, I, and I had to – I had to kind of isolate myself when I went into the, the ghost album too. I had to. Yeah. You know. So I put my heart into it. And so that was me coming through, but it had no element of the ugliness that was around it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Find the beauty in the music and then the rest of it. I mean, again, that's not an uncommon story. People have had lots of emotional uh, situations and, and difficulties. I mean, look at the Fleetwood Mac story where they would go on stage and not even look at each other. They would do a whole show and not even communicate with each other or, or look at each other. I mean, what a horrible experience that would be. Oh, I know. I walked off stage a couple of times with the Bobby family. I would totally just walk because Terry was walking behind stage saying, you sing like a horse. You sound terrible. You do. This is on stage, but he would say it just so I could hear yeah. it. And I finally thought, okay, asshole. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Oh, that's the reality, right? Yeah, it is. You do it. Yeah. You do the show. Yeah. You do the singing. And, you know, and so, you know, there were a couple of things and, and, uh, and he, he was the same with the other two guys, you know, with Satwant and, and Craig. And so when, when he let them go, they were happy to go. Yeah. They were tired of it. You know, I mean, they didn't, they hated it that they had to sing with me, but they were happy to go. And, uh, um, well, there's lots of those but, stories out there, right? That's why. I, I, well, yeah. Look at Tina Turner. I mean, holy crap. What I went through is nothing compared to her. True. But there's a lot, there was lots of uh, discussion about Terry and how um, dictatorial he was and, and how difficult he was. To oh, man. I, I, of course, it's rumors. I, I wasn't a party to that or I didn't see it, but you did, right? You were, you were involved. I did. It. I lived it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's uh, he he's uh, he's quite a character. Yeah. yeah. So your music career, obviously, music careers are a series of ups and downs. What what did you consider the best time of your career? Like when you really thought that you were in your zone? Did that come later? Um, I would say uh, when the Poppy family first started, yeah. because the, Terry didn't have that attitude until we started to get famous you know he was we were uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't uh front and for front and center then so that was good but the next time was when with claire yeah when i did that and that would have been early 80s at that point or no that was that was a couple years yeah that was in the mid 70s and that was good um i had a good time when i i um when i i recorded the um the Forever album, yeah, to, with Tom Lavin producing. I had a good time because oh, nice. okay. that was, yeah, you know, that was a little bit of a that was kind of stepping a little bit of, I, I you know, I was, I was, I wanted to explore, I wanted to just have fun and do some stuff, yeah. Um, 
It's good though. I, I listened to it and it's it's a, a departure from the Poppy Family sound, but really good, like good harmonies and good melodies. And I think on the one track, you sing a, a duet with yourself, basically, right? You sing the lead and you sing the harmony line together. And that sounds great. Really good. Well, you know, and it was, it was another experience and all I wanted to do was just kind of move forward. Yeah. Um, after that, I, I didn't have a chance to do much. Yeah. You know, I kind of, my last album was, I think in 82 or something. Yeah. And, um, and I had wanted, but because of what happened, I never received money. I, I was, uh, there was, uh, you know, I was supposed to get half of the seeds in the sun. Hmm. So you <laughs> and were, that didn't work. You were taking advantage of uh, financially. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Hmm. So I was kind of living, I was living uh, month to month, you know, yeah. I had to get jobs and uh, I would love to sing, but getting into a situation, I moved down to Nashville and I found that I was too pop for country. I'm perfect right now. Yeah. Too pop for country and too country for pop. Oh, interesting. You know, it, it was just getting, uh, because the pop was changing into, I mean, you know, hip hop was this, whatever. And there's a, all this happening. And, um, I was kind of old school. It's all perfect right now. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, and then all this stuff happened, started happening with my kidneys in the, uh, you know, early 2000s. And yeah. I was, so I, I had to go through the kidney transplant and, um, and you know that that kind of changes your life. So yeah. I did do some uh, some shows. I did some concerts and stuff. Yeah. But I I wanted to get back in the studio. Well, I finally started getting back into the studio. But well, then I had my little episode, you know, uh, and 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 came back from from uh, you know my experience. I mean, I the, the doctors tell me that I essentially just died, and they brought me back. Yeah. And uh, so that was, but that was a lot of stuff to get through, you know, for the years, years after that. I had a funny experience with my, um, I had some, some uh, neurological damage and, um, you know, with my, like my feet are still a little bit numb and, Mm -hmm. um, um, and, you know, just stuff. But I mean, the doctors say, hey, you know, with what you went through, don't be surprised. Yeah. But I f- finally um, started to get back into doing a new, right in the middle of recording a new album, a new CD. And then COVID hit. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was, I was going to ask you about that, but I, cause you toured and traveled quite a bit with the, with the Poppy family and then through the seventies and the eighties. I wonder how much, how many live shows did you do in the eighties? Were you on the road or off the road? I didn't do a whole lot on the road. I did in the early eighties. Um, I did some, um, but in the I moved down to Nashville in eighty two. Okay, so that kind of took you a different and, direction. Yeah, and uh, well, Bruce Allen arranged for me to move down there. Okay, and um, you know, which could have been a good thing, and and I'm not sure. But then he kind of disappeared, so I was kind of left on my own yeah. down there. And did you and enjoy that time down there? Did you have a good time down there? I did have a good time, but I was, I felt, like I say, I was between, I was caught. I was yeah. a pop singer. I was a pop singer, uh, 
put in, you know, I've always felt I was a pop singer. Yeah. And, um, um, and a very successful one and a very good one, too. Oh, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. And, you know, but the thing is, is, is that there was nothing I ever turned down singing. If it was country, I put my heart into it. I never turned anything down. Yeah. Um, so I did uh, some stuff down there. I, I released a couple of singles. They were country. Um, and I was nominated for Juno and... Um, yeah. You know, there and and stuff like that. But I, I uh, <laughs> it was just kind of a comedy of errors. The the um, record label that I had signed to went out of business, hmm. and so that left me kind of again, just kind of, you know, yeah. All right, where do I go from yeah. here? Um, and I had never had the real business experience. Yeah. I had learned some. I, I and I learned enough to kind of get somewhere, but then I had no money yeah. and you, you, I couldn't go forward with recording an album because I had nothing. I only had enough to, I, you know, I had to get a job yeah. and just to pay bills yeah. and, um, which of course was not in the music industry because there was not enough, um, you know, there just, just wasn't enough to, well, there's, there's no pot of gold down there. I mean, lots of people go down to LA or they go down to Nashville and think there's a big pot of gold waiting for them. No. It's the case. No. Most people that come there to make it in the big time are working as waiters or, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you had to get a, a job, you know, you had to get a job to pay the bills and, and survive down there. Yeah. And it was, you know, part of me was really embarrassed. And the other part, you know, was thinking, gee, after this successful career I've had. And then I thought, you know what? There are so many people in this world that are going through life and they're just, they have to just make it through. And, yeah. and, and, and so I thought, you know, don't get over your station here, Susan. Yeah. You know, you're you're no different than so many people in this world that just survive. Yeah. Well, good for you. I, I appreciate that. That's a good comment because uh, it's right. We're all just people trying to make our way in this world, right? Regardless of the successes and the failures that come along with that package, right? Well, that's exactly right. And but luckily. I have, and the thing that I really learned to treasure was all the people that have followed me through all these years. And they may not have known all the trials and tribulations and all the heartbreak and all that stuff, but, mm. but they remember and, and they know. And so everything new thing that I've put out, they appreciate because they, David Sinclair, who was my musical director and, and was, uh, you know, my band leader and everything over the last few years um he passed away which that's right was, I, and i knew david so i i'm aware oh, of that. Yeah. yeah it devastated me that because was, he was oh such a good friend and such a magical thing you know a really nice uh, person too right like uh, oh well we were the house band as you know we were the house band at Merritt mountain fest so i worked yes. with david a few times because he came up there with babe Gurr, and then he did some stuff on our stage we had the little big stage i think i saw you up there too you, you, yes yeah. yes and, and david was up there and i got to help him out so when he when he saw me the second time he goes i i remember i remember you you're the, you're the guy that's so helpful 
And I thought it was quite a compliment because he was, you know, he was an older guy at that point. I didn't realize he was sick. I mean, he, he died just last year, right? Or was it the year before? Um, it was a couple, a couple of years. Yeah. I think it was a couple of years. And I saw the video of you at, uh, with, well, our mutual friend, Sean Susie. Yes. At, um, you yeah. were doing the Blue Frog shows too. And I saw some video of that because Sean Susie is a, a friend of mine. And- yeah. And, you know, and so um, losing David was just horrible, but um, uh, I was going somewhere with that. But yeah. um, uh, that was a, that was just devastating and he was he was working with me i'm producing my next album and and yeah you were talking about an album recording and i was going to co-produce it with with david and i am now working with bill buckingham who's just who's a treat so uh we're co-producing the album now and good well i was going to ask you what you're doing now and it sounds like you're active so that's that's really great news that's really good well i'm somewhat active i mean covid has kind of put the you know my doctors are are insisting that i stay because i'm at high risk so they're insisting that i stay you know very so i don't really do a heck of a lot except like i say i'm working on a book and yeah and uh, i look forward to reading that that'll be a, a real nice a way to sort of encapsulate your life and, and, you know, give us Well, a- it's a different, you know, it's a very, oh, I know what I was getting. It, you know, it's a very interesting life. And, and what I wanted to emphasize was um, what I, be, what I came to treasure was the fact that all these people who have followed me all my career and I've loved what I, who got it, who felt what I put out there and they heard it, they felt it. And, it, it made a difference in, in many of their lives. And um, to know that they are out there and are still listening. Yeah, they are. And that became such a treasure to me. And, um, and it's not that I d- didn't feel it before, but now I feel it in kind of a different way. And, okay. um, you know, it's just such a... Uh, I didn't realize honestly that i made that much of a difference with my music well, and when yeah. i found that out i was amazed yeah. and so grateful and it, it you know and i think a lot of that happened when i when i went through that that life and death thing and came yeah. through it thinking i'm here yeah. and all these people praying for me, you know, on my yeah. Facebook page, there were just yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of people oh. that were, you know, it was just, it was amazing. And so it, that, that kind of took me to a, to a, another well, whole different level. Well, I'm, I'm really, that's heartwarming to hear that because when you, when you give people the gift of music, right, you really, you really have given people a gift they can't repay when, when songs like good friends or just songs that they like, which way you going and stuff, th- those become part of people's lives. They're the fabric of people's lives. And that's a gift that, that they could never repay to you. So they can well, pay they homage have- to that. They have now, yes, and yeah. and it, because I found out because the appreciation, you know this, the appreciation is is you you get up in front of an audience and when when you can hear a pin drop, and yeah. and people stand up for you when you finished your show, that's giving you, uh, that's giving you back. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing feeling for sure. It's an absolutely yeah. fantastic feeling, yeah. and when you've been kind of you know out of uh, you know 
uh, out of, of of doing not like you know not carrying on like I say with money with no money I couldn't do albums and I couldn't record it costs money to do that yes, sometimes a lot too <laughs> and yeah. um, but so so I hadn't really been putting stuff out and when I found that after all these years they're still there then it it's giving back even more yeah no that's you great know? so, so and that's pretty cool. That's a good chance to take a break for me right here. I'm going to take one more break, if that's okay, and we'll be right back with Susan Jacks. Hey, do you want to hear about new episodes before they go live? Then join the Liner Notes VIP community. You'll be able to listen to the weekly podcast before the general public, plus the episodes have no ads, breaks, or interruptions of any kind. You'll also hear exclusive bonus episodes and be the first to know about upcoming guests. To check out the details and become a member, go to linernotes.ca. Now let's get back to our special guest. All right. Welcome back. We're talking to Susan Jacks. I have a few more questions if you're okay with that. Are you okay to keep going just for a little bit? Oh, sure. Okay. So you recorded in 2017, you put out the Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? Which is yes. beautiful. Really sounds nice. And I, was David involved with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he he really and I did that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his and guitar playing was just fabulous. And he's great. Yeah. Oh, so we'll have to put that out again this year. Are you going to put it on on some kind of a link, or is it going to be available to people that if they're interested to to hear it? It's called Mary. Did you know? And yes. Well, I will put it on my on my Facebook page, okay. and uh, yeah. um, you know, it hasn't been released um, in any other way than just oh. just kind of here, here's a gift. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's nice. Really nice. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of my favorite songs. And well, I like it because yeah. a lot of Christmas songs are kind of corny, right? And it's just such a beautifully written and well sung song. It just really it's touching. I thought it was really good. So, oh, thank you. Well, I wanted to do it um, in a way that wasn't, you know, lights and camera and action. I wanted it to be very, um, you know, we're we're sitting in front of the fire. Yep. Maybe we're you know, at a Christmas party or something and these three friends getting together and singing this song. And, um, you know, and I, I just wanted that simplicity with it. And, and I just wanted it to be guitar and, um, yeah. Well, oh, and the strings were just, yes, you know, yes. fabulous. Oh, really good. Okay. Well, no, I wanted to ask you about that because I saw it on there. So the other th question I had for you is what, well, so Terry released a compilation, I think in 2015, so it was a kind of a retro with like 40 songs or something. Did he tell you about that or did you have any part in that? No. No. And he's had many, many, I don't get any money from it. So, uh, yeah, well, that's what I was wondering. You know, yeah. You no, he's even released Poppy Family songs under his own name. So, you know, oh. and I, I, I actually took him to court. Hmm. Um, we felt that we had a chance, but I ran out of, of money. Again, yeah, it's a, it's an expensive enterprise. So you you don't talk to him at all. You have had no no yeah okay no I I, I um no okay no. he's a whole different person uh you know than than when I first met him and uh, I don't know okay. it's just you know in your life you get to a point where there you don't want that tox toxicity in it. Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 I just was curious where you're at now or when the last time you talked to him or if there's any, because I saw that compilation album and I thought, well, you'd be part of that. I mean, no. part of you would be in that because some of your songs and your voice and something would be, there's 40 songs on there. No, I know. I, I, uh, okay. 
I don't, uh, and, you know, according to him, it's, uh, you know, it's a not according to our separation agreement, but he has twisted it in knowing that in order to fight, I have to have money and I can't fight. All right. Yeah. I just, you know, so, so, well, if, that, you know, yeah. I'm not going to go the rest of my life, um, being, you know, held back by that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of other stuff I can do. Yeah. No, that's good. No, that's a good attitude. I mean, at some point, especially as you get later in life and you're looking back going, yeah, you know what? That's not a battle I need to fight at this point in my life. So, No, and it's been going on. He's been putting out our music for years, compilation after compilation after compilation. I haven't gotten any yeah. money from it. Or, you know, if uh, 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 once in a while I might have gotten something, but it, it's just eventually nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, hmm. so the other question I had for you is about breaking in the U.S. because Billy was a – big song uh in the united states right but did you ever consider going to vegas or was that ever an option for you um i had no choice yeah. um what, and the thing is now i can only tell you what what uh um terry did not like to be on the road yeah we did relatively few gigs after we made it, after Billy. Oh, okay. Um, and we had a chance. We did some TV shows, um, of course, that were lip synced and stuff like that. But we did relatively few things. And like I say, he even turned down the Ed Sullivan show. So yeah, I, I, I don't know where his head was at. You know, I really, really don't know. I think he liked the fact that he controlled everything. And if we got... If we really hit it big, I think he knew that he would lose control. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting about the touring because that's the opposite to what most bands do. You get a song that hits, man, you're all over the place. You're going to be touring everywhere as much as possible. I mean, you look at people like Anne Murray and stuff. She said her tour was a year and a half long. Oh, I know. I know. Twain, just constant touring. And I loved touring. I loved the live audiences. I loved, I didn't mind the, you know, the hotels and all that kind of stuff. I loved it all because it was all to do with, you know, performing and stuff, which I loved. I mean, I lived it. I lived for it. Um, So I I don't know. No, that always disappointed me that he just never wanted to go on the road. Hmm. He, He didn't like it. He just wanted to. You know, he said he wanted to write, but Terry, Terry Root wrote very few songs. He was, he, you know, he was sometimes, uh, you know, re, um, what's the word, recycle no. an old song and write it, you know, write new words to an old melody or yeah. something, uh, you know, or something. But he was not a prolific songwriter. Hmm. And, but he uh, he he claimed that he'd rather be so that always confused me. Yeah. You know, he he never really uh it's not Well, he did get out of the music business in a sense and became more of a recluse, I guess, later and maybe he just didn't like the live recu- uh, live shows. I mean, some people thrive on that like you said you obviously do, especially later in life, but uh, perhaps that just wasn't part of what made him excited about the music business, right? Well, I think uh Terry never has done a live show by himself because, and I know this because I, I, I was in the control booth when he was singing and I, 
you know, I, I essentially produced his vocals on Seasons in the Sun. We were still together at the time. Yeah. And, um, and Terry is n- not a I, – I, see, I don't want to say this by sounding awful, yeah. but he's not a great singer. Yeah. Um, and not not like you are, or you know, people who live to sing. Yeah. You have to work to get that uh, vocal out of Terry, and um, and he didn't live to sing, kind of a thing. You know. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I know what you mean. You yeah. know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Yeah, I totally, uh, I totally get it. So, but he he got. You know what came out of when you really try and draw something out of him. What came out of Seasons in the Sun was not a great singer, but it, what came out was a feel, yeah. and and that's what you had to work for with Terry. Yeah, um, was was when he, you know, like uh, try it. Don't don't make that so over dramatic you know try and make it a little bit more and and if if you caught it bam keep yeah. it <laughs> well it's it, it was probably odd for you because you're such a natural singer like your voice is really flows and is really natural your pitch and control is excellent oh thank so, you well well that's what i live for that's what i live for and like i say terry never lived to sing yeah. so i think it was a fear for him if he got on stage to have to carry an entire show would be just devastating for him. Yeah, yeah and, and and you know, so he was smart. Yeah. Not not to do live shows. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, no, fair enough. I really appreciate you being open and honest about this kind of stuff. And and looking back on your life, I guess you know what would what would you change as far as the your career and how it was handled? Maybe the the managers, the bandmates. If if you could go back and and change something, knowing then what you know now, what what would you? What would be the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do were, would be um, I would insist on knowing the business. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't just take it. I would suggest that to every artist: know your business. Don't let somebody else pat you on the head and say, "Don't worry about it. I'll look after it." Yeah. Because what they're, I mean, you you've got to expect that there's a huge chance that they're going to take care of themselves and not you unless yeah. you know what you're dealing with very common story yeah well no that's yeah. good advice and then and then of course when you're young and you got stars in your eyes and everything seems to be going great you don't have the right perspective to sort of look back and uh, that you do when you're looking back going gee i should have made some different decisions but i think the business one very common especially back then lots of people got taken advantage of i read john fogarty's book and i mean it was just horrendous Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. There's a person on every corner, like in Nashville, there's somebody yeah. that would sit in, that they would wait for somebody to come into town. And there, a little Shoney's was on the corner of uh, Division and whatever it was, you know, the street. And it was a well-known place and everybody would stay there if they were coming in to make it big and find, oh, the big time. There was a guy sitting in that restaurant every single day waiting for that person. Yeah, there you go. And say, give me, you know, give me four thousand dollars, five thousand, and I will produce something for you and pitch it to everybody. Well, the truth is, you could go into any studio with the top musicians, and and do do a song, uh, you know, for well, back in those days, you know, five hundred bucks. Yeah, 
Yeah, you could have done what, well, there's a lot of people that are, I don't want to say vultures, that sounds a bit harsh, but they, they're trying well, to, they were. yeah, they're trying to make a living off of other big people's dreams, right? So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a song in there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 It's very true. And it, it's, yeah. uh, it's disheartening, but there are people like me who who just think everybody knows better than they do. And, yeah. and they, chances are they do. Obviously, they know enough more to be able to take advantage. Yeah. yeah and um, Well, it's a sad story, but I mean, you've come through it in, I guess, a few scars, but uh, you learn and you can you carry on. I'm just happy that you have a positive attitude after all that because- Oh, I do. I, and yeah. I carry my scars proudly. Yeah. No, because it's, <laughs> it's easy to get bitter, right? I mean, it, lots of people it are is. grumpy and bitter and that's a, that sucks. That's no way to live, right? No, it isn't. And you know what? If if um, music is such a joyful thing to me, um, I mean, I mean, it sounds so corny, but I love to sing. Yeah. I I just love it, and I love to listen to other people who yeah. put that same thing into their music. I just love it. It's a joy. Yeah. And if you bitterness will steal that away as well. Yeah. So why do you want to do that? You yeah. know. So do you looking forward? Do you have a bucket list still? Are there still things that you want to do? Um, I want to finish the album. Yeah. You know, so I want COVID to go away. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully, let's hope and pray it's gone by the spring. Yeah. It's no right. kidding. Yeah. You know, and then you get back people, to bills. People often ask me, so are you going to take that, uh, the vaccine? And I say, hell yeah, I'll be first in line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and then you said Bill Buckingham's doing it with you, so you're going to get back into. He is. He's fabulous, and we we play off each other, and it it gives me because I've learned a lot as far as production goes through the years, yeah. and you know even even early the Poppy Family days, um, when we recorded, I was so involved in it. Today I would be considered a co producer uh, but back in the day I was a woman I was not really considered much of a contribution except I was the chick singer yeah and and anything I did uh, you know even with the mixing and the, anything like that was so inconsequential as far as everybody was concerned but they wouldn't say the same thing today because I I know and people today know that I was such a huge part of it yeah. but I learned so so now when I go into this project, um, I know what my I want my voice to sound like. I know what I want the drums to sound like. I know uh, what what how I want you know the dynamics to work and okay. all those things. So it's now a, a a pleasure. And Bill is so wonderful. You know he listens and he's he's not sort of wanting to take. Oh no, he's a really control. he's a great great person yeah no bill's got the right personality he's got the right temperament for for doing what he does and he's, he's very calm and oh great. and he's got the musical knowledge and yeah. uh you know and he's he's got the desire to to make something great you know and and yeah. and he, and the desire to listen to something that something else you know yeah. no he's he is i'm really pleased working yeah, with him knowledge. you know yeah, I'm happy to hear that because I think that's a good connection. So tell me something about you that uh, people wouldn't know. You said you're writing a book. Is there anything else? Do you have any hobbies or anything that you do that people might not know about you? Um, well, I love to paint. Oh. Uh, I haven't gotten uh, into it that much. I've done a couple of things for, um, uh, you know, after all this stuff I've been through, but I've painted a couple of paintings for, uh, it's a kidney um 
you know, painting for hope or something. I don't know. But yeah, so I love to do that. And I'd love to get more into that as I get more. Oh, nice. Okay, I had uh, no idea. But, you know, I'd like to concentrate on the on the book. So when do you think that'll be done? Well, I found, um, you know, I've been working with it a little bit off and on, but I found um, that it's sometimes hard to know how to approach it because it's such a learning experience going through it. It's There's so much uh, pain that you deal with that you went through when you thought you left it behind. But as you, as you walk back through your memories, you realize that there were so many lessons learned that now you recognize, but you can, you kind of have to find ways to put it together. Um, because there's a lot of joy, a lot of laughter, a lot of pain and you know you want to know how to put it together in the right way i don't want my book to be a bitter book i don't i don't want it to be uh lightweight i i want it to tell the story i was there i lived it and here's the story um i don't want it to be bitter about any particular person so what i'm going to put in it is this is what happened. I'm not even going to so much put in how much it hurt or as a sometimes maybe, but, but I, I, I want to also put in how confused it made me. I couldn't understand why people did this or, you know what I'm saying? And so that by the time people reach the end of the book, they're going to be able to, to make their own, draw their own conclusions. Yeah. That's fair. It's and it, of course it evokes a lot of uh, emotions and a lot of memories and whatnot. It comes up and you know I, when I was studying counseling, I asked a, a counseling professor one time. I said, "Well, how do you know when you've kind of moved on from things? Like how how would you tell?" And he said very profoundly, he said, "You can remember it without reliving it." Oh yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's so true. When you can remember it without, uh, yeah, that's so true. And and the, the truth is, you don't have to relive it. You can remember it is what it is. It was what it was, and we just move on. And and you know, I think people will get a sense of that as they read through the pages, anyways. And and I don't think it's it's any big secret the way that uh, that dynamic worked out. Even people that weren't on the inside. There's enough uh, knowledge on people's behalf that they understand sort of how that all happened and the control issues and the fact that it fell apart. And that, that's been sort of common knowledge for a long time, I think. Well, and I've been I've been pretty clear even. I, I um, you know, Terry was extraordinarily abusive yeah. and I, hadn't, I hid it for a long, long time because I was embarrassed. Yeah. You know, how could how can Susan Jags? be abused i mean how, how could that even happen and then and, and maintain this happy outlook yeah. and and maintain well it did happen and um you know i found that part of saying it was releasing it I'm, yeah. or you know that was part of the result of that was releasing it and not having it hidden anymore yes, and uh you know, and and now you know. I'm just like I say. I love that. Yeah, you go back, but you don't have to relive it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you you bring your your wisdom back with you, and and so you have a little more understanding, or a little, or uh, a, a little bit. You you have questions that you didn't 
question back then. You were just too confused, you know. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I look forward to reading it. I'll be the first in line to get one, and and I'll read oh, it. When, it, when it comes out, I'll I'll certainly read it. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to and just being so candid about everything too. I really appreciate it. I know that the the listeners will appreciate it too. Just getting an insight into your experience and and especially where you're at now. You know, having given so much and and just people wishing you well for your at now. Yeah, I'm 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 very happy. Good. And and just looking forward to um, you know, the rest of my life. Many thanks to my guest Susan Jacks for being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights from her extraordinary life as an entertainer. There's more information available at susanjacks.com. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. You can also become a member if you'd like notifications and other insider information and perks. We'd love to have you on board. We also invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio at DustyDiscsRadio.com Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you are hearing on this show. Until next time, I'm Dan. 